It's good to be reminded today that Jesus is better. Over and over, he has proven himself that he is better than money, that he is better than anything that this life has to offer. And if you haven't found that out yet, I hope this new year uh, you will discover that Jesus is better. Amen? Amen? It is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord just one more time. I never take it lightly that God has given you and me an opportunity uh, to worship him again in spirit and in truth. I'm excited about what God is getting ready to do in this new year of 2019, and I would also like to say Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Amen? Amen. God has allowed us to come together in this sacred spot of worship just one more time. And as I thought about uh, this first Sunday uh, of the year, I prayed and asked God, Lord, what would you have me to share uh, at this, this first Sunday of, of the year of 2019? Uh, I, I wanted to share something that would stay with you throughout the whole year. I wanted to share something that, uh, as I threw the seeds, sermonic seeds out uh, through the preached word of God, uh, that it would take, some, take soil, take fruit in your heart, and that it would germinate and bear some fruit. And the Lord directed me to this particular passage of Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 11. Uh, so if you're able to stand, I do ask that you stand, turn to your pew Bibles on page 954. It reads as follows, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The grass withers, the flower fades, but I'll the word of the Lord will last forever. You may be, may be seated. A few months ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to uh, go to Green Lake, and uh, it was a beautiful day. 
uh, the, the fall leaves were still on the tree, and uh, we walked around Green Lake, and if, if any of you know me, I love to take a camera with me everywhere I go. Amen. <laughs> and as we walked around Green Lake, we, we saw couples walking, we saw people walking their dogs, we saw a mother walking her, her child and pushing her child in a, in a stroller. We saw uh, just people just enjoying the weather. And uh, many times as we walked around uh, Green Lake, uh, there uh, was a sun, the sun was just reflecting on the lake and I couldn't help but stop and, and take a picture of uh, and capture that moment. And my wife has gotten so used to me taking pictures, she just keeps on walking. And I have to just catch up with her. Uh, but that wasn't the thing that really captured me. As we walked around Green Lake, there was a young man sitting on a bench. And he had a, a cardboard paper up. And it said, free compliments. <laughs> and as, we, as people walked past him, he would share a compliment about that person, something that he noticed about that person. And so as I walked by him, uh, I almost missed him, and I heard someone say, sir, you're a great photographer. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> and it made me feel so good to finally have someone recognize <laughs> that I was a great photographer. <laughs> My wife walked by and he recognized this beautiful multicolored hat that she loves to wear. He said, ma'am, that's a beautiful hat that you have on. And we couldn't help but say thank you, but it, it made us feel good. Here this young man sitting on a bench giving free compliments to everyone to walk by. And I begin to think about this young man because it, it took a lot of thinking to find something to say about everyone who walked by. Uh, it, it took time. It, it took care. And I begin to think about this young man, and I say, you know what? That's what we as Christians should be doing with one another. Uh, we should be encouraging one another. We should be giving free compliments, free encouragement, because if there's ever a place that should be giving encouragement, it should be the church. If there's ever a place, if there's any other place in society, we can't count on any other place in society to share encouragement, it should be within the body of Christ. Amen? But it also made me think it, it took a certain mindset. It took a certain mindset for this young man uh, to make a mental commitment to share free compliments. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the mindset of a Christian. The mindset of, of a Christian. I want us to come to terms on this word mindset. The word mindset literally means a mental attitude or inclination, a fixed 
state of mind. It's an attitude. It's a fixed state of mind. It carries with it an idea of being on purpose and being intentional and being fixated on a particular way of thinking. Uh, Dr. Carol S. Dweck, a psychologist, uh, wrote a book back in 2008 entitled Mindset, A New Psychology of Success, How We Can Learn to Fulfill Our Potential. She argues that there are basically, there are basically two mindsets in the world. That is, the first one is a growth mindset. A growth mindset says failure is an opportunity to grow. I can learn to do anything I want. Challenges help me to grow. I like to try new things. I am inspired by the success of others. And then there's another one, there's a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset says failure is the limit of my abilities. I'm either good at it or I'm not. I don't like to be challenged. I don't like to be questioned. My potential is predetermined. When I'm frustrated, I give up. I stick with what I know. A growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Now, I don't know what category you're in, but I'm proposing today that we all pursue a growth mindset. I'm proposing today that, that we all make a mental commitment through this new year to have a growth mindset. One of my mentors uh, says this very often, and, I, and I've incorporated it into my own thinking. He says, there's no comfort in your growth zone, and there's no growth in your comfort zone. Let me say that one more time. Somebody may have missed it. <laughs> there's no comfort in your growth zone, and there's no growth in your comfort zone. And in essence, what that is saying is that many times God squeezes us out of our comfort zone and he moves us into areas where we are uncomfortable, but that's the place where God wants us because that's the place where he stretches us. That's the place where he shapes us and molds us into the image of Jesus Christ. And, and so my prayer for you, my prayer for me uh, in this new year, that God will move us into areas where we feel uncomfortable. Uh, God would stretch us, that God would shape us, that God would bend us and mold and carve and chisel us into the image of Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that we would pursue a growth mindset. Because here's the thing, brothers and sisters, I think many times when we think about growth, uh, when we think about spiritual growth, we, we take spiritual growth and spiritual maturity, we think it happens by osmosis. Uh, we think that we can sleep on our pillows and grow spiritually. But there must be an intentionality to spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. 
So let's look at what Paul, because I think that's what Paul has in mind here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Uh, I want us to, first of all, just take a look at verse 1 through 4. He says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit by compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. This passage rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, if you're honest, brothers and sisters, it, it, it runs, it rubs me the wrong way. But I, Paul is speaking uh, circumstantially and situationally to the church in Philippi that there was an a epidemic of selfish ambition in the church. Uh, there, was, there were people who were condescending, and, and Paul speaks directly to this situation. And what Paul is really saying, that there needs to be a mindset shift in the church, uh, that there needs to be a, a, mind shift, a mindset shift where we begin to uh, understand that God wants us to think a certain way. In other words, there should be something distinctively different about how a Christian behaves and how a Christian thinks as opposed to how a person who doesn't know the Lord. There should be something distinctively different about how we relate to one another. And so when we think about these two mindsets, uh, the first person I really thought of was Peter. Uh, Peter had a fixed mindset before he ma met Christ. Uh, he wanted to avoid challenges. He gave up easily. He wanted to go fishing. Uh, he saw some of the efforts uh, that Jesus was engaging in as, as pointless. He, uh, he ignored useful neg negative feedback. Uh, he felt threatened by the success of others. But it wasn't until Jesus broke Peter that he began to have a growth mindset. Paul had more of a growth mindset. He embraced challenges. We see that throughout all of his letters. Uh, he persisted in the face of setbacks. Uh, he saw efforts as a path uh, to mastery. He learned from the criticism of his critics. Uh, and he learned lessons, and, and uh, he invested, invested in others so that they could be successful. So we see these two mindsets, but there, God is calling us to have a mind set shift when we look at this, these first four verses. And really what we see here is that God wants us to have a mindset on Christian unity. A mindset on Christian unity. This is what Paul is emphasizing here. I like the way Eugene Peterson puts it in his translation. He says in verses one through four, he says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if this love, if his love has made any difference in your life, 
if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. He says, agree with each other, love each other, and be deep-spirited in friendships. I love that statement. Be, have deep-spirited friendships, not shallow friendships. But in your relationships with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, um, be deep-spirited in your friendships. And I think what Paul is getting at here is that the, the community of faith, the church, must be an authentic witness to the community uh, that it is engaged in. It, it should be an authentic witness in the neighborhood that it, it serves in. And if that witness, authentic witness, if we're not real with one another, then we can't be real with people out in the world. So Paul says, if, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, say if Christ has really rubbed off on you, if you're really rightly related to Christ, then there should be uh, some commitment to one another. Because here, here's, the thing, here's the thing, brothers and sisters, uh, we're going to spend eternity together. Our relationship with one another doesn't stop when the benediction is given. Our relationship with one another doesn't, doesn't stop. Uh, when, when, we, when we go to heaven, we won't go to heaven in isolation. We will go to heaven as a community of faith. And so we're going to spend eternity together, so we better get used to one another right now. Amen, somebody. So there, there is a, a mindset to Christian unity. Paul says, be intentional because of your vertical relationship with Jesus. Be intentional in your horizontal relationship with one another. However imperfect that may be, but that's how God works out our, our imperfections. That's how God shapes us. Uh, I need you to sharpen me. You need me to sharpen you. Uh, we don't become mature Christians just by reading our Bibles. Uh, we don't become mature Christians just by, just by avoiding people and worshiping, peop worshiping God and acting like people don't exist. The only way we can grow in our relationship with one another is that there must be a a, a commitment, a mental commitment to having a mindset to Christian unity. Secondly, secondly, we see here in this passage, we look at here at verse, and I'm cutting across the field because I need really 20 more minutes to preach this passage. <laughs> but look, look at what Paul says in verse 5. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, a servant, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. Secondly, we see that there must be a mindset to Christ's likeness. There must be a mindset to Christ's likeness. Paul is emphasizing the fact that we all need mentors. We all need an example. And Christ is the ultimate example of humility. He is the ultimate example of, of, of humility, of one who submits himself to God the Father, and God eventually exalts him. But Christ is our pattern. He is the one that we should focus on. That Paul, uh, Philippians also talks about their other uh, tangible, their other people that we, uh, that we look at, uh, like Epaphroditus and Timothy. Uh, so Paul talks about them as being examples as well, but here he focuses on Jesus because he is our ultimate example. And this is what Paul is really saying here, brothers and sisters, is that Paul is placing a high value on communal, as one writer put it, communal mental cohesiveness. I love that phrase, communal mental cohesiveness. In other words, uh, in, the, in the context of the church, in order for the church to operate the way God wants it to operate, then we must be of the same mind. We must be of the same spirit. In order for the church to move forward, there must be a communal mental cohesiveness, a synergy, a chemistry, spiritual chemistry, if you will, by which we operate and love and encourage one another within the body of Christ. According, according to Paul, the, 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 the most dangerous disposition that could destroy a community's effectiveness in proclaiming the gospel of Christ would be uh, the lack of a unified mindset and how we behave toward one another. A lack of a unified mindset. In other words, Paul is saying self, selfish ambition can ruin a relationship. Selfish ambition can ruin a marriage. Selfish ambition can ruin a friendship. Selfish ambition can even ruin a church, but genuine humility can build it. And this is what Paul is getting at, that Christ lived his life in such a way that he's talking about the incarnation, that Christ became one of us, that he wrapped himself in human flesh and, and became one of us and subjected himself to human frailment. He became one of us, even though he was God of very God and, and man of very man, Christ became one of us so that he could save us. As one writer says, that whenever God wants to accomplish something in the world, he takes an idea and wraps it in human flesh. And God must have had the idea of salvation when he was thinking about his son Jesus becoming a man. And so the emphasis here is a mindset on Christ's likeness. And I want us to think about this because as we go into this new, new year, there's some things we're going to have to unlearn. <laughs> there, there's some things that we're going to have to unlearn. There's some things that we did in 2018 
that God wants us to unlearn and learn some new things in 2019. In other words, some of us may have a dominant mindset on politics. Amen, somebody. <laughs> For the Christian, that should not be so. Our dominant mindset should be Christ-likeness. Some of us have the dominant mindset on finances. We, we, we want to get rich. We, we, we want to be we want to be secure financially, and that's good, but that should not be your dominant mindset. Some of us have a, a, a dominant mindset on our degrees and on education, and that's good. Get all the education you can, but that should not be our dominant mindset. Our dominant mindset as Christians should be Christ-likeness. This is what Paul is it's getting at if God, the Son, could empty himself of his divine, uh, his divine rights. He did not empty himself of his deity, but he emptied himself of his divine rights and became one of us. He had to be very God of very God, but he also had to be man of very man. And so he set his mind on humility. He set his mind on service. When I begin to read this passage, I begin to think to myself, I don't think about Jesus enough. I, I, I think more about other things than I think about Jesus. And Paul seems to be the kind of Christian, the kind of man that Christ became the lens by which he looked at everything else in life. And that's why he says in Philippians chapter 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain because Paul was looking at death through the lens of Jesus Christ. Paul looked at everything through the lens of Christ and so I would submit to you today that Christ becomes the lens by which you look at 2019. Which you look at every circumstance that comes your way. And I know there's some things that we're going to have to unlearn in order for us to grow and squeeze out of our comfort zone. Because here's the thing, brothers and sisters, when I was in elementary school, I, I dreaded getting kept back. In other words, if I was in the first grade, I, I, I had to make it to the second grade. And if I was in the second grade, I had to make it to the third grade. Now, if that's true in our physical world, then how much more should that be true in the spiritual realm of maturity? In other words, some of us are satisfied being in the first grade in our spiritual walk. And we've been in the first grade for 20 years. <laughs> Amen, somebody. <laughs> but God is calling us, he's stretching us, and my prayer is that when you get to the end of 2019, that you discover some new things about God that you never knew before. My prayer for you, my prayer for me in 2019 is that God stretches me and that I discover some things about myself that I never knew before. My prayer for you and my prayer for me is that in our relationships with one another, we, we discover some things about one another and how important we are to one another, that we know one another better at the end of 2019 
than we know right now. That's my prayer this, this year that we would move on a, a bold trajectory of growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, but also in our relationship with one another. Last but not least, Paul talks about in verses 9 through 11 a mindset on the sovereignty of God. Mindset on the sovereignty of God. Look at what he says here in verse 9. He says, therefore, God has, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. God exalted him. The thing that I love about Jesus when you read through the Gospels is he's always bringing his father into the conversation. <laughs> he's always, in every conversation, Jesus is bringing the father in the conversation. Even with his critics, he's talking about the father. Never talking about himself, but it, he's always talking about the father. And so, uh, we, we must rest in the sovereignty of God. And this is what 9 through 11 is saying, is that Jesus lived, in life, lived his life in such a way that because the Son exalted the Father, the Father now exalts the Son. Jesus lived his life in such a way that he kept exalting the Father. And the Father said, now, Son, you have exalted me. Now I'm getting ready to exalt you. And really, in reality, what Jesus is saying here, what, what Paul is saying here is that the way up is down. <laughs> that there is a downward mobility that Christians must take if we want God to exalt us. If we want God to give us, uh, recognize us, that, that must be, as one writer put it, we must descend into greatness. So Paul helps us understand, brothers and sisters, and I want us to understand as we go into 2019, let God be God. Don't try to control God. Don't try to be in the place of God. But let God be God in 2019. Don't be a control freak. Don't try to control the outcome of a situation because when you do that, God takes his hands off of you. He says, okay, you want to be God? You be God. But let God be God. You know, I love Howard Schultz and the Peanuts characters. I'm a simple person. <laughs> One day, Lucy and Linus were looking out the window of their home, and it was pouring down rain. And Lucy and Linus were looking out, and Lucy said, you know, it, it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to flood. Linus, standing there beside Lucy with his blanket in his hand, he said, Lucy, that will never happen. And Lucy looked at Linus and said, how can you be so sure? Linus says, well, in Genesis, God told, told Noah that, you know, he would never flood the earth again and that the rainbow was a sign that he would never do it again. Lucy looked at Linus and said, you know what, that takes a lot off of me. <laughs> she said, that takes a lot off of my mind. And I began to think, you know, when we trust the sovereignty of God, when we trust the sovereignty of God, that takes a lot off of our minds. 
We can count on God. We can trust him in 2019 because we would not be here today if he did not bring us safely through 2018. So my prayer for you, my prayer for me today is that we would have the mindset of a Christian, a mindset that is geared towards spiritual growth, that when we get to this time next year, we can say that we know something about ourselves, about God, and about one another that we never learned before, never knew before. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the life he lived, the death he died. We thank you for his resurrection. But most importantly, we thank you for the relationship that we have with him. And Lord, as we move into 2019, we have a mindset on Christian unity and in Christ's likeness that we want to be more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.